When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 14, and we are recording on Wednesday, December 6th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hi, Rincey. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm not liking this cold temperature that I know comes in December, but we were enjoying such a nice warm spell of like 50 and 60 degree days. Yeah, I think it was just because it was in Chicago. It was such a dramatic drop. And like legitimately uh, Tuesday of this week, it was crazy winds outside here. And Mm -hmm. I legitimately almost like fell because the wind was blowing so hard. Like I work in the city and the wind down there gets insane. And like there was a point where I li- was having a hard time walking down the block. Yeah, one of my coworkers, I was walking outside to go to my car to get lunch. And she said, oh gosh, she said, don't go outside. She said, I drove here and my car almost ended up in the lake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's, I I know that I know this, this happens in Chicago and I really shouldn't be surprised by any of this, but yeah, it's, and it's just been wreaking havoc with my allergies. It's just the, this like 30 degree temperature difference in a 24 hour span is not fun. No, it definitely is not. We've been talking about that in my office about how like all of us feel like allergy season was like so much worse this year than it's ever been before. Like I don't, I never thought I had allergies. And then like, as I was like the last couple of years, I've been like, oh, maybe I am starting to get allergies. But this year, especially I'm like why are my eyes itchy all the time and I'm like oh it must be allergies because I probably have it in a really mild form and it's like super ramped up so I'm feeling it and I can't imagine how everyone who normally suffers with allergies feels this year yeah and I thought I was getting rid of my allergies because they say that you know a lot of times as you get older you kind of outgrow them and then I started working in a library (laughs) where it's like it's dust and mildew and old books and so now like every time I get sick if I have to go to the doctor 99% of the time when they're like well you probably have this wrong with you but it's also allergies I'm like yeah that figures yeah (laughs) I can't escape it (laughs) oh the joys All right. Um, Do you want to run through uh, the podcast and what it's about for everyone? I would love to do that. Um, If you are just tuning in to to Red or Dead, well, first of all, welcome. But like we said at the top of the show, we talk about mysteries and thrillers and everything that relates to them. We talk about uh, movie adaptations. We talk about relevant TV shows. We talk about new releases. We do themed reading lists. We do... Um, we're going to be doing um, be- a best of show in a couple of weeks where we just kind of, you know, and anything and everything's up for grabs. We did an Agatha Christie themed 
uh, themed show recently, and we just kind of we dig deep into mysteries and, th- and thrillers and talk about the things that are going on. So we also really love to hear from listeners. So if you are listening to the show and you've got a great idea for us to cover in, in an upcoming podcast, make sure to let us know because we really love hearing responses from people and getting ideas about things that would be interesting to talk about. So we're always open to ideas and we love to hear feedback. So um, if you have an idea, make sure you reach out to us and let us know. All right. Uh, So to start off the episode, as we usually do, we have some news items we want to run through really quickly. Um, The first one is that Ruth Wears the Lying Game is going to be adapted for television. And it was uh, acquired by this company called Entertainment One or E1. I believe that they're a UK based entertainment company. So I'm not 100% sure about like releasing here in the United States, but it does say that the company acquired the global rights to the novel. Uh, so that gives me hope that if it's well done, that'll eventually make its way over. Um, so The Lion Game is Ruth Gouwer's, I believe, most recent novel. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. That's what I yeah. thought. And so uh, her, a couple of other... Her, a couple of her other books have already been adapted um, or are like have been acquired for adaptation. New Line picked up in a dark, dark wood uh, with Reese Witherspoon attached and CBS Films picked up The Woman in Kevin 10. So it looks like Ruth Weir is on a bit of a streak here. Um, the Lion Game is a novel that fo- starts off uh, with a woman who's walking her dog in this sort of idyllic coastal village. And then she finds something sinister in the local estuary before three young women in London receive a mysterious text message from one of their friends. Uh, the three women had been at boarding school together and were known for playing this thing called the line game, where they tell lies to fellow boarders and teachers before they were expelled after the death of a school's uh, art teacher. Um, so, yeah, there isn't a whole lot of information because the rights were just acquired. And obviously these things take time and eventually sometimes like fall apart even uh but it is kind of exciting when a mystery or thriller gets adapted so yeah uh you guys can look out for that and again there will be links in the show notes to all of the news uh, items that we talk about in this episode yeah i have not read the lion game yet i've read her other two books and especially with in a dark dark wood i thought that that it would make for a really really good psychological thriller movie adaptation so i i think her writing really lends itself well to that and clearly other people do too because yeah i just think she's written three books now and all three of them have been picked up for movie or tv rights so so it looks promising um and we in in other TV news, uh, surprising no one, Mindhunter has been renewed for season two by Netflix. So Mindhunter came out earlier this year. We talked about it on a previous episode. Um, it's a really, really good show for people who are into true crime. And it follows the two uh, FBI agents who end up developing this new method of investigating serial crimes and tracking down serial killers. And it's a really in-depth look at the bureaucracy of the FBI in the 1970s when this occurred. And it's also a very chilling look at the portrayals of some real-life serial killers that were that were 
either killing or incarcerated in the 1970s. It's a really interesting show, and it has done extremely well. And like I said, surprising no one, it's been renewed for season two yet, or season two. It does not have a release date. Um, it was, I mean, it only the first season only came out on October 13th of this year, so we don't have a release date yet for season two, but if you're a true crime buff, you can look forward to more of Mindhunter on Netflix. Yeah, I'm really surprised. I haven't finished the season yet. I, again, just have a really hard time watching things that are difficult in subject matter these days. So like, uh, I haven't finished the season yet, but I'm really enjoying it. And I feel like David Fincher is just like incredible. So yeah, I'm excited to see what happens this season too. All right. Uh, the final thing that we wanted to talk about here at the top of the show is that the Goodreads Choice Awards finished up. Uh, we mentioned it quickly in a previous episode, and it's basically just like everyone who's on Goodreads is allowed to vote on the top books of the year. Uh, the one that won for Best Mystery and Thriller was Into the Water by Paula Hawkins, which isn't really that surprising. I believe we talked about in the previous episode that the Goodreads Choice Awards basically just falls into like what is the most popular book slash author, not necessarily what is the best mystery or thriller or book in every category. Uh, but yeah, so Paula Hawkins wins again. She won a couple of years ago when Girl on the Train first came out. Uh, what I found to be really interesting is that they give you the vote totals for every book and Paula Hawkins book got 48,247 votes. Dan Brown's origin came in at number two at 48,070 votes. So it's only about, it's less than 200 votes between the top two, which I thought was really, really fascinating. Um, the third place went to Louise Penny for um, her new book, Glass Houses, got almost 30,000 votes. So there's a pretty significant difference there uh, between the top three um, and then after that it was Karen Slaughter's The Good Daughter with 27,000 The Dry by Jane Harper which I know you like Katie uh, got 18,000 and then it sort of went down the line from there um, I haven't read any of these books in like the top 10 um, I did read Behind Her Eyes um, I have Righteous by Joe Ide on my uh, Kindle that I need to read but those were towards the bottom of the list but yeah I again the Goodreads Choice Awards are never really like super surprising. It always just comes down to which author has the most like name recognition sort of because like if you look at some of the other results, like the science fiction results, I, I don't think that was the best science fiction book in my opinion. I mean, I don't even read that much science fiction, but I checked that one out and it, I don't think it it's the best. So, <laughs> Well, and with... Artemis, I mean, I haven't read it yet, but it only came out less than a month ago. Yeah. So that I think is, I, I mean, I don't even know that it was released when the voting for Best of Goodreads started. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, I think, I think there is, there's definitely a popularity element, but I did want to point out that it's not mystery or thriller related, but Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give won for Best Debut Author and Best Young Adult Fiction, which was so cool. And definitely deserved. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Like part of me always kind of wish, like Goodreads, literally tracks people's reading so i wish that it was possible that you couldn't vote for books unless you had actually read them but i feel like that would be a completely different situation in terms of voting but i think that would also be more interesting than just who's the most popular author out there um yeah so i feel like you shouldn't be allowed to vote for a book 
unless you had actually marked that book as read on your Goodreads. But maybe that's just me being crazy. <laughs> yeah, there, I, th- I feel like there would be there would be complaints of like rigged voting in the Goodreads best of categories. I, mean, I guess, but I mean, what this is like? Who cares? Like nothing happened. <laughs> like this means nothing <laughs> to anyone. I mean, there is you could potentially say that it's like exposure, but I don't think like Paula Hawkins is gonna get any more exposure than she already has or anything like that but yeah all right um so before we move on let's jump into the first sponsor for this episode and it is book right insiders uh, you've heard katie and i talk about this on and off throughout in previous episodes we keep talking about the insider slack channel which might be really confusing if you have no idea what slack is uh basically what book right insiders is it's a subscription service and there are different tiers for the service so you there isn't just like one set price and you get different perks basically based on how much you're willing or you're able to pay. Um, everyone gets a monthly behind the scenes newsletter, and you also will receive um, an exclusive Book Riot store deal, which is really nice. So if you like the stuff that's in the Book Riot store, and a lot of the stuff that's in the Book Riot store are items that are from out of print as well, because we partner with them. So if you like out of print uh merchandise then you can get a discount on it if you are a subscriber on book right insiders but a lot of really great perks uh, are provided through the insiders program you get exclusive podcasts including uh podcasts for the read harder challenge if you take part in that uh, i think one of the things that people are the most excited about is the new releases index which is a thing that i use on a pretty regular basis liberty hardy who is uh contributor and staff member at uh, Book Riot goes through and basically puts in all of the different new releases that are coming out like weeks and months in advance. And you can bookmark the ones that you are the most interested in. Uh, They have different filters so you can sort it by category uh, or genres. And they even have like a Liberty filter now. So if you know Liberty's taste in books, you can uh, see a filter from her. Um, Like I said, uh, the top tier has a Slack channel. So Slack is like this basically chatting program that's created on the internet. And there's one specifically for insiders. And it's a really fun community of people who uh, get together to talk about various things. We have, again, a mystery and thrillers section. And there's uh, sections for different genres. And there's also sections now for other things. Like there's a cooking-based channel. And there's a sports channel now and things like that. So you can find people who you have the similar interest with to sort of create a community of people with. Um, So yeah, head to insiders.bookriot.com if you are interested in checking it out. You will see like what the different payment tiers are and what you get for each tier. Um, And you can pay either on a monthly or annual basis. So if you want to just try it out for a month, you are more than welcome to do that. Um, Yeah, Book Riot Insiders is great. If I wasn't on the Book Riot staff, I would definitely be paying for it because I think that it's totally worth it. But that just might be a biased opinion. Uh, So yeah, again, that's insiders.bookriot.com and check that out if you are interested. 
Yeah, I have just got to put in, as I've done before, I think you can preview the new releases before you, before you choose to subscribe. It is a thing of beauty. The first time I saw the new releases index, like I legitimately had tears in my eyes because it was so beautiful. There are these beautiful cover images. You can filter it by genre or subject or combinations. You click on a book and it gives you the full synopsis and the publication date and the genre. And it is just magnificent. I mean, I use it for Book Riot stuff. I use it for work stuff at the library. I use it to make my my reading list even more unwieldy than it already is. But it is it is truly a wonder like that. I hats off to the Book Riot team for putting this together. It is beautiful. Yeah, honestly, like I feel like it's paying the subscription fee is worth it literally just for that alone like it's such a great feature i can't like i it's beautiful put it beautifully put together yeah definitely um so for this episode when rinsey i know you and i were talking about well what are we going to do to finish out the year and i and i said why don't we each pick a book that was released this year that we have not read yet, but have been meaning to, we just haven't gotten around to it. So this was kind of our push to get to get to the books that we may have talked about or we may have been planning to read, but we just haven't read it yet. So uh, Rincy and I each each read a 2017 release, and we're going to talk about in whether or not it lived up to our to our internal hype and and all that. So do you want to start off, or do you want me to start off? I can start off. All right. Okay, so the book that I picked is The Blinds by Adam Sternberg. This came out, uh, I think, over the summer. Um, I could be completely wrong about that. I just know it came out this year. Uh, This is a book that I've had on my radar for quite some time because I follow Adam Sternberg on Twitter. He writes for New York Magazine, and he had written books in the past. Uh, I think his debut was called Shovel Ready, and it had gotten really good reviews overall and it was even uh, Edgar Award nominated so he's sort of like been on my radar as an author I need to check out eventually Um, so I picked up the blinds this year and I really enjoyed it it was super weird Uh, so the premise of this book is that there is this I guess you could call it a small town it's sort of like this experiment town in the middle of Texas it's nicknamed the blinds and Basically, uh, there are these people who have done horrible things in their past who have gotten their memories altered. So the horrible thing that they've done and anything sort of related to that is removed from their minds. And then they're given like new identities and basically a second chance at life. And they're like confined to living in this small town in rural Texas. Um, It's also populated with people who may have been like part of like a witness protector protection program sort of situation where they like have seen something and they need to uh, be like removed from society and things like that. And all of them have their memories are erased. None of them know like anything about their past or anything along those lines. Um, So it's sort of this like experimental town that's happening and you are mainly following uh, the sheriff in town. His name is Kelvin Cooper uh, he's been the sheriff there for eight years. I believe that since the beginning of when the blind started and everything seems to be going fine. But then one day um, there is a murder that happens in town and then 
apparently there was also like a suicide that had happened maybe like a couple of months before. And the thing about the blinds is that like none of them are allowed to have weapons or anything like that. And both of these people were killed by gunshot wounds. Um, so the first one they thought was a suicide. So they just assumed that he had somehow gotten a hold of a gun or smuggled in a gun and just shot himself. But when a second person ends up dead, there's a lot of questions about what's happening in this town. And especially since it's a town filled with people who have done really violent things in the past, um, there's a lot of questions about sort of what's going on. And so it's this mystery of like, figuring out uh, what exactly happened. Um, but then you just slowly learn the truths of these different characters who live in this town. And it's really interesting. It's while I, f I finished this book really quickly, like I read it over the course of maybe like three days, which is pretty fast for me um, because I was really intrigued by these characters and these towns. Uh, before I read this book, I, um, I didn't really know what to expect, um, but I, the feeling that I got from it is it reminded me a lot uh, before the fall by Noah Hawley, where it's a mystery, but it's also more about like these characters and their lives and their past and how they all sort of ended up in this place together sort of situation. So I feel like if you like that, you might like this one as well. Um, it's not a perfect book and it obviously requires quite a bit of suspension of disbelief. Um, and there is a number of things that happen that feel just a little bit too easy in terms of like coincidences that happen and things like that. Um, but I think that it's a really interesting concept that Adam Sternberg creates here. And he's able to like explore these ideas of like, truth and memories and sort of even like the way that we treat criminals and what they deserve or don't deserve um, and how sort of like everyone has a history and a past and whether or not like removing those bad memories are better or worse you know than having it or and things like that and yeah it's really pretty well done I enjoyed it um, it's pretty violent as well so if you're someone who doesn't like violent books, there are certain season scenes in here that are a bit much. Uh, so I did want to give that warning. But yeah, I was pretty surprised by this one. I had heard relatively mixed things about it before I went into it. I ended up mostly enjoying it. I did have some quibbles with it. But I think, yeah, I, I was happy. I'm glad that I finally read it. I've literally had this sitting on my shelf since it came out. So yeah, finally read it. Happy that I did. <laughs> Yeah, it's um I haven't read it yet either, but it's kind of it's been on my radar. I think ever since we mentioned it on the podcast. And that's interesting that you compared it to um Before the Fall by Noah Hawley because that's an, that's a book that I read earlier this year and I think I talked about it on one of the episodes, but yeah, def that one was definitely much more of a character-centered suspense thriller novel. Um so I'm I'm glad you made that connection because now that kind of puts the blinds in like I, I don't know exactly what my perception of it was before, based on stuff we that we had talked about. But now that kind of centers it a little bit more. So, um, so that's that's good to know, and that's also good to know because if I'm, you know, if I'm looking for something that's more plot based rather than character based, you know, I might pick up a different book. But it still sounds really intriguing. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to note: a, a tweet that Adam Sternberg. Uh, posted I think someone said this in a review is that the blinds is also sort of like if you followed Hopper from Stranger Things <laughs> like he really like Hopper and the sheriff in this book are really like the exact same person almost so if you liked Hopper from Stranger Things I think that you might enjoy the blinds as well okay I am definitely making Blaine 
read that because he has a Hop the Cop, one of those Funko <laughs> Pop characters. <laughs> and he loves Chief Hopper. And he's, and he's like, I think we're soulmates. <laughs> So okay, I think I think I will sell that to him if he's looking for a, for a new mystery thriller novel. He'd be like, this is this book would what what it would be like if you followed Hop the Cop. Yep, definitely. Oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> okay, so my book uh, that I ended up reading was The Last Mrs. Parish by Liv Constantine. And before I get into talking about it, I do want to give a content warning for abusive relationships because that element of the book I don't know why just kind of took me by surprise and so I'll I'll let readers decide if they if they want to dive into it or not but I first heard about this book at Book Expo this year and this was very shortly after um, we were told that we were doing the podcast. Like I th- we might have recorded our introductory episode, but when I was going around to some of the uh, to some of the publisher booths at the Library Journal Day of Dialogue, which was kind of like a mini book expo for librarians on the the first day of book expo, I was going to the different publisher booths and I was saying. Hey, I I write for Book Riot, and we're going to be doing a we're going to be doing a brand new mystery thriller podcast. What from your lineup do you recommend? And when I got to the Harper Collins booth, they immediately just reached down and grabbed an arc of the Last Mrs. Parish and handed it to me, and they said, "You need to read this." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so it's been sitting on my arc shelf for a while, kind of staring at me, and I've. I had heard positive things about it. I think it ended up on a recent uh, library reads list. So it was really popular with librarians. And it's one that I, from what I knew about it, I knew it would probably be popular with our patrons, but I just hadn't gotten around to reading it. So I finally did. And I will say, if you want a page turner, holy banana pants, this book, I got, well... I won't give too many details away because there there are a lot of surprises in this book. But I got to a certain point and I was reading it and I was like, okay, you know, this is kind of interesting. And it was it was late at night or I was kind of winding down for the evening. I'm like, all right, I'll just read a few more chapters and then I'll go to bed. Well, that happened to be the point when the book just just takes off like like a like a runaway train. And by the time I got to that section and I was just sucked into the story, I, I looked at the clock and went, oh, no. <laughs> I just said, I can't go to bed now. So earlier, I think it was Sunday night, I stayed up way past my bedtime because I could not bear to go to bed and leave this book unfinished. So, yeah, definitely if you were looking for a page turner, this this would be a great option. Um the the premise it they don't give away a lot on the back so i won't give away too much of the plot but the 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 main premise is there is this woman named amber and she right from the beginning she, you know she is a con woman she is a sociopath she is manipulative she will do whatever she wants to whoever she wants to make sure that she gets what she wants and she is trying to weasel her way into this relationship um the the parishes um for the life of me why can i not remember all of their names (laughs) but she befriends Daphne Parrish, who is the wife, obviously, and 
because Amber has her sights set on Daphne's husband, Jackson. Jackson's a big, fancy, rich, handsome CEO, richer than God. And Amber wants that. She wants Daphne's lifestyle and she wants Jackson Parrish. And so she sets her sights on him. And she basically worms her way into their house. She befriends Daphne under very under very false and off-putting pretenses. And she just slowly manipulates her her way into into their lives. And you get a full view of Amber, like you know everything that's going on in Amber's head. You know about all of her plans. And and all of these things that she's that she's putting into practice, but of course, that's not the whole story. And of course, I will not I will not give away what the rest of the story is. But it it is a definite definite page turner. I kind of when I when I finished reading it, I was thinking it's kind of. Uh, the talented Mr. Ripley meets Gone Girl type of story. I mean, I, I don't. It's not exactly like like Gone Girl. Like Gone Girl is one of my favorite books of all time, and it's not it's not quite at that level. But in terms of the characters, and in terms of being inside the head of of someone who is extremely cunning and manipulative, you just you get it. You get kind of an insider's view of that type of mindset and you kind of there are moments when you realize where you're kind of rooting for amber a little bit but not really but you kind of are and so it's it's a little it's a little jarring to be inside the head of of these types of characters if you do if you dislike gone girl or if you dislike books where most of the characters are not likable don't read this book <laughs> I happen to really like unlikable characters, so I was I was all over this one. But my manager at work, she read it, and she had the same reaction that I did and that she couldn't put it down, but she just said, I hated every one of those characters. And I'm like, that's the point. So... I know I know people are kind of split into the into those two different camps but yeah I I really enjoyed it um again kind of like with your pick Renzi I had there are a few quibbles that uh, that I had about how things were resolved um I I think there's a lot to talk about with this book about the justifications of some of the the actions of the characters and so, yeah, it's it's not a, a perfect book, but if you're looking for, like, a weekend read or if you're just kind of in a reading rut and need something to pull you out of it, this, you'll you'll want to set aside a pretty good junk, chunk of time to blow through this one, and preferably not at 11.30 on a, on a work night like I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, again, that is The Last Mrs. Parrish by Liv Constantine. You know, I'm kind of glad that both of us got books that we ended up enjoying for the most part because I was like, honestly, I was slightly concerned that I was going to hate the blinds just because I'd started to hear some negative things. I think it was just sort of like, eventually, you know, some people are just not going to like the book. Um, mm -hmm. So I was concerned with mine about whether or not I was actually going to like it. But I like that we both ha enjoyed our book picks. Yeah, that. Um, I mean, if... If I hadn't enjoyed it, at the very least, it would have been a quick read. But I did, I did um, enjoy it. It was, it was very intense, um, surprisingly intense at some 
spots. Like I said, I wasn't entirely prepared for that. But it but ultimately, yeah, this and this is a book that I would um that I could that I can hand out to to patrons after like I like I said kind of determining what their how if if they're okay with reading about abusive relationships. All right. Um so we can move into the new releases section. Uh, if, you know, there weren't enough books on all of our TBRs, there are a couple more mysteries coming out uh, before the end of the year, uh, specifically this week. Uh, as you're listening to this, both of these books that I'm going to highlight are already out. Um, the first one is a Bryant in May mystery. It's called Wild Chamber. Um, the series is a peculiar crime unit mystery um, and this is by Christopher Fowler and this one came out on December 5th. Uh, this is the 14th book I believe in the Bryant and May series so if you are one of those people who likes to read series in order um, just know that but I don't believe that you need to read these in order. You are following two British detectives named Arthur Bryant and John May, and they are part of the Peculiar Crimes Unit where they investigate peculiar crimes and they solve them in peculiar ways, basically. Um, so in this one, uh, Helen Forrester's day starts off like any other. Around seven in the morning, she takes her West Highland Terrier for a walk in her street's private garden. But by 7.20, she's dead, strangled, yet peacefully laid out on the path, her dog nowhere to be found. The only other person in the locked space is the gardener who finds the body and calls the police. He expects proper cops to arrive, but what he gets are Bryant, May, and the wily members of the Peculiar Crimes Unit. Before the detectives can make any headway on the case, a second woman is discovered in a public park, murdered in nearly identical fashion. Bryant, recovering from a health scare, delves into the arcane history of London's cherished green spaces, rife with class drama, violence, and illicit passions. But as a devious killer continues to strike, Bryant and May struggle to connect the clues, not quite seeing the forest for the trees. Now they have to think and act fast to save innocent lives, the fate of the city's parks, and the very existence of the PCU. Um, these uh, books, or these series of books, uh, are described as being irresistibly witty, an inventive blend of history and suspense. Um, and again, that's called... Uh, Wild Chamber by Christopher Fowler. I've heard really good things about this series. Also, um, if you like sort of like British detective stories and you want sort of like a more modern take on them, this would be a good one to pick up. The second book I wanted to highlight is called They Know Not What They Do by Husi Baltonin. Uh, and this is translated into English by uh, Christian London. Um, I believe that the author is uh, Finnish. Yes, he is from Finland. Uh, so this is a book that's just been recently translated into English and is now being released in the United States. Um, so Joe Chayefsky has got what he always wanted, a reputation as one of America's top neuroscientists, a beautiful wife and two perfect daughters. But his carefully created ideal is threatened when his Baltimore Neuroscience Lab is targeted by animal rights activists. The attack is followed by a phone call from Joe's ex-wife in Finland. 
Two decades had passed since he had abandoned Alina and their young son, Samuel, returning to America to advance his career. Now Samuel is somewhere in the States and Alina fears he is looking for revenge. As Joe struggles to protect his new family from the increasing threat of violence and to save his eldest daughter from the clutches of an unscrupulous tech company, he is forced to reconsider his priorities and take drastic action to save those he loves. And again, that's called They Know Not What They Do by Husi Valtonen, translated by Christian London. All right. Um, Can I go ahead and volunteer myself to talk about what we're currently reading? Oh, of course. Because I have finally, I seem to have broken out of my reading slump, and I've had a really good streak of books that I have been reading and um, and are just finishing up. So I'm I'm really excited. (laughs) Um, The first book that I wanted that I have finished recently is actually coming out next year. I cannot remember when, but I think it's, it's I think it's January or February. It's it's early in the year. Early to 2018. Okay. Um and that's called The Chalk Man by CJ Tudor. And that this book um it's I I think we're going to be seeing a lot of these types of books where you, where the story is a group of kids that grew up together, they uncovered something sinister as kids, and now it's following them into adulthood. Um, I think with the popularity of Stranger Things and It and those types of stories, we're going to see lots of lots of mysteries kind of surrounding uh, groups of children. But this uh, this book was it it's, follows it follows a group of kids in England that one summer discover a mutilated body. And there are lots of kind of side stories that are going on at this point that that change who they are, like that change the, the characters and also influence how the characters react and respond to these different things. So it's it's a really interesting character study in that way. Um, but one of the one of the things, the reason why it's called the Chalk Man is that, well for two reasons. One, there's a there's a character. He's a new teacher, kind of an odd sort of uh, sort of figure. He's very tall and very pale. I think um, I I think that they mentioned that there's that he has some kind of uh, some kind of genetic disorder. But he's very tall and very pale, and he looks like a piece of chalk. So the the kids at school refer to him as the Chalk Man. But the kids also draw they create this secret language drawing like little chalk figures outside each other's you know doors or outside their bedroom windows so so they you know they don't have to you know call them up on the phone or or find their friends and say hey let's meet at the park at this time they have this kind of this language of hieroglyphs that they that they created themselves and that so that they can pass along messages that no one else can see and, you know, whenever you have, I feel like whenever you have a character start drawing little, like, stick figures somewhere, I'm like, this isn't going to be good. Like, this is just going to end up creepy. Yeah, and it already sounds super creepy. It is. Um, it is definitely, it's definitely high on the creep factor. Um, I think, I think it's influenced by a lot of different stories. Um, there's, there's an element of, I think, a little bit of In the Woods in there by Tana French. There's, um, you can see... Um, a couple of references to some of Stephen King's novels, like there's there's a couple of scenes in the book that feel like they were pulled right out of It or uh, Pet Cemetery or something along those lines. Um, it was also very reminiscent for me. There's um, 
it's not a mystery novel. It's actually a horror novel, but it's called The Dead Path by by uh, Stephen Irwin that has a very similar feel. You know, kid, uh, young kid stumbles across something as um, as a youngster. One of his one of his friends is pulled into the woods and killed by this by something mysterious. And yeah, it's it's very atmospheric. It's I mean, it takes place in England, but it's not like um like a historic cozy kind of England. It's like 1980s England. It's it's a lot rougher around the edges. It kind of feels like a ton of French novel in that way. And the story alternates between past and present. So, you know, some of the stuff is catching up with the characters as they as they age into adulthood. There's a lot of there's a lot of twists in the story. I I'm finding more with psychological suspense novels. I'm kind of I'm I don't want to I guess I'm a little jaded, but because there's so many of them, after a while you kind of start to see some of the same things repeat. And I and I thought I knew where some where some of the stuff was going, but ultimately it ended it's like I said there's a lot of interesting character stuff and yeah there's there were some twists in there that I did not expect coming and that I was I was looking at going like oh that's creepy <laughs> so if you're into creepy thrillers um if you can get your hands on a cop on a advanced copy of this book is called The Chalk Man by CJ Tudor otherwise um you'll hopefully only have to wait a few more months for it to come out in regular print and then I have not finished it yet but I'm like two discs away from the end of the audiobook I'm listening to You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott which came out last year and I know was a book riot favorite but it's basically psychological suspense set in the world of girls elite gymnastics which I can't think of a more perfect book's description for me I, I'm oddly fascinated by um, by gymnastics and it's a very character centered uh, psychological suspense novel it's very compelling um, it's it the audio has gone by fast but there are so many details and the characters are so rich that you just want to stop and savor the language and savor the new nuances of the, of the characters and how they're they're created and how they're built up and it's it's fascinating it is so realistic and it's just like this slow seeping sense of dread as you get as you kind of move your way through the book so um i feel there has there have been some plot points that have been revealed um, at this point, but I know that there's still some surprises left. Um, the basic premise is that there's a coach at the, at the gym who is, uh, who is killed in a hit and run accident, but not everything is as it appears to be. And the, the main family, their daughter is the star of the gym and she, and along with the parents and the stories told from the mom's perspective, um, they find themselves wrapped up in the crime in ways that you wouldn't anticipate from just starting out the book but um yeah I think if you're if you enjoy uh Gillian Flynn Tana French Megan Abbott I've heard or I've heard other people mention she would be a pretty a, a good read alike for those authors so again that is You Will Know Me by Megan Abbott and then um I have just put this book on hold uh we have briefly talked about it on the podcast uh previously uh, Soul Cage by Tetsuo Honda um, it's a Japanese crime novel. I think it's like second in the series. And this was this was the one, and I remembered this book because there's a mysterious just severed hand and they can't quite figure out who it belongs to. And I went, oh yeah, that's the book for me. <laughs> so that's, that's about all I remember from the plot description. But for me, that's all I really need. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for my severed hand mystery to come in from the library pretty soon. <laughs> 
Um, it's really funny. Uh, you Will Know Me was actually my first Megan Abbott book that I ever read. And I really enjoyed it. She's a really fantastic writer and like has, like you said, like the sort of like slow burn sort of sensation to her. Um, she has a new book coming out next year that a couple of book writers have already started receiving arcs of and apparently it's fantastic. So I'm excited for that too. Yeah, I've got that one on my radar as well. I'm waiting to see if I can pick up a copy somewhere. Yeah, for real. All right. Um, in terms of what I've been reading, uh, I finished reading The Brain Defense by Kevin Davis, which I believe I mentioned in the last episode as I was currently reading it. Um, it's really fantastic. I highly recommend this book, especially if you're someone who enjoys uh, nonfiction. It's more on the law side in terms of like true crimey type stuff, but it's really fascinating. Kevin Davis does a really great job of highlighting uh, cases. I should probably explain what this book is about before I get into <laughs> why I liked it so much. Uh, it's a nonfiction book and it uh, the subtitle has to um, or the book is about neuroscience being used in courtrooms. And so the case that Kevin Davis focuses on for the majority of this book is this one man who throws his wife out an apartment window uh, and obviously she dies. And so when they arrest, when the police go to the apartment, he uh, confesses pretty quickly that he's the one who did it. Um, and so they're trying to figure out sort of like the why behind all of this. And he ends up getting an MRI scan and it turns out there's like a tumor on his brain and the frontal lobe, which I believe is like the part of the brain that has to do with like judgment. And so they sort of use that as a way to explain like why this occurred, because previous to this situation, uh, this man didn't have any sort of like previous history of violence or anything along those lines. Like everything, everyone in their family was completely shocked that this happened. Um, and this uh, case, I believe, occurred in like the 90s and is sort of like the first situation of um lawyers using neuroscience to sort of explain uh, why certain clients have taken certain actions. And so Kevin Davis does a really fantastic job of looking at different cases throughout history um, in terms of like recent history that have used neuroscience or have tried to use neuroscience to explain the behaviors of the people who are being defended. Um, he also does a good job of looking at the downsides of this and how like it could potentially be exploited. He talks about how like lawyers have had to learn about neuroscience and how it all works in the proper ways to present the evidence to juries who may or may not um, have any sort of like background or understanding of how it all works. And he even discusses the sort of like morally gray area in terms of like how much you should be able to blame on like a brain disease or mental disorder or something along those lines and how much of it needs to just be like a person taking responsibility for their actions and how like you can do all these tests to figure out if someone is quote unquote normal or not normal um, but then there are all these questions about what is really normal or not normal in humans and in brain behavior and things like that. Um, I loved it. I have a weird fascination with the brain. I re read almost all nonfiction that has to do with the brain. So it's sort of like this perfect combination of topics for me. But honestly, I think that this is a really, really engaging story and brings up a lot of really interesting cases where um, you see how the court system works and how it evolves and how um, 
people have are starting to use neuroscience more and more to sort of explain uh, behaviors and things like that. It's really great. I highly recommend it. In terms of what I'm starting, um, I mentioned, I think, in the last episode as well that I had picked up uh, a Vasim Khan book, and I ended up putting the first book in the series on hold because I picked up the second book from Half Price Books. Um, and so the book finally came in. It's The Unexpected Inheritance of Inspector Chopra. This is basically a detective series that takes place in Mumbai, India. Um, I know that it's about a baby elephant that disappears because there's a baby elephant on the cover of every book in the series and I believe that baby elephants play a theme in all of the books. I'm really excited to get started on this one just because I like detective stories that take place in different parts of the world Um, and since I have the second book I can get started with the second book as soon as I finish this one if I want to. Um, Yeah I'm just excited to get started with this one. I don't know what I'll be reading besides that but that's definitely next up on the list since I have it from the library. So you go, I go for a mystery with a severed hand. You go for one with a baby elephant. <laughs> I think that says a lot about our personalities, honestly. <laughs> I feel like that fits us really well. I think that I think that just sums us up perfectly. So if you wanted to get to know us a little bit better, there you go. She likes baby elephants. I like severed hands. <laughs> if only we could put that on like the tagline of this podcast or something. <laughs> Warn people what they're getting into. <laughs> or draw them in. You never know. all right so that's the show thanks so much to everyone for listening uh for show notes head over to bookriot.com slash listen uh you'll be able to head over to the red or dead section there and you will see links to all of the news stories that we mentioned at the top of the show as well as all of the books that we mentioned in this episode Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast definitely leave us a review on apple Podcasts so that way other people can find out about us and check us out Uh, you can also send us feedback at red or dead at bookriot.com so feel free to send us emails if you have any sort of questions people have emailed us being like hey i listened to your tana french episode what should i and they've had like questions about tana french books so like feel free to email us about anything that you want if you have show ideas or if you just want book recommendations we're here for that too um or you can find us on twitter i am at rincy a and i am at kt underscore library lady All right. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. See ya.